0: i seen anything like that. I'm a very confident front runner for Katie, for 33 years, 145 wins now, and that's the best win I've ever had. I have no idea what you have. I don't know. I'm, how are we going to count all the shots? You, I, I can't keep track. <laughs>
1: damn it. I don't think he's pleased. Of course I would. That's a, that's a particularly stupid question. Let's say show of course we want to play at the weekend.
2: Folks, you're welcome along to Golf Weekly. We are joined by Peter Laurie. Hello, Peter. Hello, Joe. Getting cold out there in Spawell, I hear.
0: It's just a little chilly. A little chilly, all right. and um, plenty of people hitting balls, but yeah, a bit chilly.
2: Well, you should turn on the heating. Stop being so miserly. Nathan Murphy, hello. Hey Joe. How late do you think Peter leaves it to turn on the heat in Spawell? Oof. <sighs> if he's not working, I'd say you'd be doing well. <laughs>
0: No, you're wrong, lads. You're wrong. Totally wrong. You, we, we've built a little cave for uh, for the staff, uh, um, completely with uh, perspex all around us. You have a little hatch. You're roasting inside. Radio's on if the TV's not on. Off the ball is, of course, playing. So, yeah, it's all good here.
2: Okay, take it back. A dream employer, Peter Laurie, we should say, officially on the record.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's a compliment, Joe. That's very unlike you. You're fully back open, are you? All the uh, issues have been sorted. Fully back open. And uh, Darcy is beside us is back open since last Saturday, which is huge. Um, so uh, brings far more people in the door. Um, people were driving past us because the place looked closed. So it's all good. Good. Hopefully we'll be all back on um, ESP shortly, maybe a couple of weeks time. But we're working off generators at the moment. But yeah, it doesn't affect the lights. Doesn't affect the um, the top tracer. So all is good.
2: If you're not with us, he's still recovering after watching the match. It's hard to gauge how many of you did watch it. Certainly, looking on Discord, it was a bit of talk about it on the day. I saw Rory said Bryson looks like he's trimmed up a bit. It certainly does. There was a picture of Bryson, topless picture of Bryson, and. The boy looked ripped. That gut that he had for a long time when he put on the white initially is long gone. Shredded, Nathan. I haven't
1: seen Joe Malloy so excited by a photograph <laughs> in a long, long time. How many WhatsApp groups did you share that photo to going? Whoo! Take a look at that.
2: The honest answer is three. <laughs> <laughs> three. three groups wow. and teams so that everybody at work could see it and the told that is inappropriate his uh, uh his yeah,
1: caption was wasn't appropriate though for the photo sure it wasn't
2: he oh, used was the, the wrong
1: word which was basically something about his body is inspiring you he's like no that's not really what you're trying to say
2: yes he did use the wrong word i'll check it out it was it was painfully bad for a man who professes his own uh, intelligence yeah oh yeah he was a, a body to he was trying to say a body to aspire to and he yeah, said a, a body to inspire to you're thinking. The scientist? I guess there's different kinds of intelligence. Uh, who in God's name would pay for this? Wondered somebody on Discord. Although Steam and Rich Beeman did make the point I think most have made, and this was early on in Proceedings, I can already tell Mickelson's commentary will be the best thing about this. It does seem, every time Phil Mickelson goes into a commentary booth, it's awesome. There was the clip, which I suspect everybody has seen on, at Twitter at this stage of a putt that Brooks Koepka had and Phil in advance of the putt just read it perfectly. He was trying, you know, he, it wasn't dissimilar to when he was explaining golf to Tom Brady in a previous match where he was saying, now look at the grain there. You see the way that's dark? This is going to go right quickly and then straighten up. And I mean, it was exactly what he predicted. And you could even hear the other announcers saying, good call, Phil. Ooh, You know, they're blown away by the minutiae that Phil bring, brings to it. I think what golf commentary they underestimate how much we want that minutiae, you know, it's all very vague and, you know, Bryson like science and, you know, the big picture stuff. And it's very repetitive. I really, I think it's great here when they get into the minutiae of a different lie and what it's going to do and what the grain's going to do and really just embrace the nerdiness of golf, because otherwise golf can be a bit samey. If you don't get into those specifics, I think.
0: I, I totally agree with you. Unfortunately, golf now is 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 they're trying to market golf to the masses, um, and by doing that, talking about the very small details and very interesting details to a golfer will get lost in the um, in the conversation when when somebody's listened to it and has never listened to golf before. Mm. So you don't know whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, and I think that's just where golf is kind of caught. They have the old catch twenty two situation.
2: Yeah, I think Nathan, like a Phil or a Pedro Carrington, or when I listen to Jeff Ogilvie, they have the confidence to broadcast on the assumption that those listening will find these minutiae interesting because they find them interesting. And so, when Phil's in there, and you're getting these really detailed nuggets, I mean, you, you kind of wonder why you know Faldo doesn't do it. So many of them don't do it. I guess a lot of the commentators maybe don't have the insights to give that Phil has understandably enough, but I really do hope he does go into commentary.
1: Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth when you mentioned Ogilvy and Harrington and they have these probably three key factors. Firstly, they have a real level of fame and achievement. That means they're an automatic authority. I think they have a real understanding of the game of golf that maybe not every player does. The more natural golfers that actually they can break it down into the minutiae in a way that's accessible. I think everybody, actually. I I think whether you're a golf nerd or whether you're somebody sitting at home, you can understand what Phil Mickelson is talking about or Potter Carrington. And I also think they're just brilliant communicators. They feel, I can't figure out how much control Phil is, uh, how much control he has at the moment of his character and the parody that Phil has become. The conversation with, Bryson about hitting bombs and how good you feel when you're hitting bombs. He must know he surely, he, surely he knows that everyone is going to clip this up and take the piss out of him mm. and he must enjoy it. Like the sunglasses, the photograph where he's standing in the middle of the two of them and he's pushing them aside. And he's got the sunglasses on. Like, this is pure WWE. Did,
0: did he wear <laughs> the sunglasses for two hours in the booth?
1: <laughs> I would say so. The sunglasses never come off. There's clearly no. a sponsorship deal there, but it's a shame that, uh, I assume Mickelson, Harrington, Ogilvy all have so much cash that they'll never need to do the uh, twenty tournaments a year. But maybe if you end up with four or five tournaments, uh, certainly mm. around the majors. Mm. I think if you had Mickelson and Harrington in the commentary box, it would take it to a to a
2: whole other level. Yeah. As for the match itself, Kepka whooped him, just needed nine holes. It was fun to come out here and settle this, Kepka said. Settle what? So, I mean, this is just embarrassing to do this. He's doing himself a disservice.
1: You have four majors, he has one major, <laughs> you're not rivals, except you have somehow decided to pick on him. And I thought it was all a bit awkward the clips that I saw. Yeah. Deschambeau coming out with the cupcakes, which was meant to be was that because he's called Kepka and cupcakes kind of sound somewhat alike? I don't know. Brooks just had this look of general disdain the whole way through where actually at the end, I was fairly sure actually there is a proper rivalry there. Well, yeah, they've hammed it up. Kepka has a real dislike of Bryson mm. DeChambeau. Cannot bear to be in his company.
2: Yeah, I think so. I didn't watch it in full. I've just watched clips. I mean, I wasn't going searching for this thing. So um, there we are. That's the match. Anyway, it was a uh, brief interest. I would say on discord, Tiger Woods, press conference, hero, world challenge, Bahamas, this is a nice field. I'm looking forward to this over the weekend, I have to say. So 35-minute press conference, Woods. He spoke um in advance of it to Henna and did their interview, and then it was uh open to the press. I mean, I guess the headline news is that effectively I interpreted this as the retirement of Tiger Woods, I think, or certainly uh major cold water and any sense of normality about his golf going forward. Now it seems amputation was very much on the table based on what he said. I'm lucky to be alive and to still have the limb. I'm very grateful that someone upstairs was taking care of me. Amputation was on the table. As far as playing at the tour level, I don't know when that's going to happen. I'll play around here or there a little bit of hit and giggle. I can do something like that. And it seems distance is initially anyway, at this point, a big problem for him. He said, I could outchip and output any of these guys on tour but the golf course is longer than just a chip and putt course. We're not going to be playing the par three course at Augusta to win the masters. So I've got to get a little bigger game than that. I've got a long way to go in my rehab process to be able to do something like that. I'm able to participate in the sport of golf now to what level though. I do not know. So he certainly said as well, Nathan, he'll, he'll, he's never going to be a card carrying PGA tour player again, where he's playing 15 tournaments a year. He mentioned Ben Hogan a few times. I got the impression he's going to try and see where this goes, see can he get to a point where he can pick a few courses in the PGA Tour, hope it's in reasonable shape, and then try and pitch up at a few of the majors that he fancies. If we saw Woods two, three, four times in the next two years, I think that would be maybe realistic.
1: I think it's hard to take anything definitive from the press conference because he did seem to contradict himself at times. He spoke about the 2019 Masters as the last major, not in a, the last major I won, but almost the last major I'm going to win. Yeah. And how he got to the top of Everest once, and he's accepting of that. But it's hard to figure out how you play two, three, four times a year where you play two, three, four times a year, what is the motivation? Is it to go to St. Andrews, which he touched on and having won there twice, the 150th Open Championship, all the history that goes with that. Is it a course actually that he can go out and play and not embarrass himself on? I just wonder how much we can believe what he's telling us because he's been so private in every part of his life. For some reason, when he comes out in these press conferences, we sort of accept that what he's telling us is the truth rather than what he wants us to believe right now. Clearly, I assume he's telling the truth of what he's gone through over the last six to eight months, which just sounds horrific. Like, we do see him as being superhuman, but three weeks in a hospital bed, three months in a bed at home, as you say, worrying about your leg being amputated, lying on the grass outside, just uh, listening to the birds, thinking I may have never had this. So he's been through a heck of a lot, throw in five back surgeries, countless other surgeries as well. Like he's coming back like some sort of Robocop to Hmm. have to perform on the golf course. But in terms of what happens next, you know, we saw the shot 10 days ago and it felt listening to the press conference that that's all he was capable of, that if there was a par three contest and that was a major championship, he felt he could be as good as anybody. Yet then yesterday, there's shots of him on the range and it looks like he's clearly hitting a rescue and he's swinging just fine. Now, maybe not with the power that he would want. But it felt as though even that was several weeks, if not months away. And then 24 hours later, he's caught on camera doing just that. So uh, I have no great idea as to what happens next. How do you just rock up? How can he rock up at St. Andrews next July, having not played a couple of times previous? What are his motivating factors if he doesn't think he can win a major? If you're going to play four times, does he play the Hero World Challenge every year because they pay him 8 million quid? Does he turn up at his own tournament because he feels that's the right thing to do? Is money going to be the motivating factors? Does he do a world tour where he turns up here, there, whoever gives him the most money? Or does he build it around the majors? So, yes, until I'm 60, I'm going to play Augusta and I'm going to play the Open Championship and I'll pick maybe a warm up tournament for each to give myself an opportunity. So, I, I, I came away a little bit confused as to what's happened next. And maybe he's in a position where it's still so early uh, that it's too soon. I remember it's only six months ago that this, six, eight months ago that this happened where we all thought he, you know, could have died in this, could have lost a leg. Never thought we'd see him on the golf course again. Now it now seems certain that we will see him on the golf course again. So that's brilliant. But then when he gets out there, like we're talking about the most competitive sports person who's maybe ever existed has he had a complete personality transplant this when he rocks up in the golf course, he has seen the light and there's more to golf than winning that. He's just happy to be out there and having the bounce with JT and roars. Is that going to satisfy him? Or when he gets out in the golf course, is he going to be happy going to St. Andrews with the risk of remember, like we've seen tiger humiliated think back three, four years ago, barely able to pick up a tee. Is he happy to go to St. Andrews and maybe shooting 80, 82. I just can't see that. So I have no idea where it's going to go, but it does feel as though we are a lot further along and a far better place with Tiger than we were even, even a month ago when we hadn't
2: really heard anything. Yeah, it was interesting where he was talking about coming back from the fusion and how he was detailing this in the press conference. The first thing is, oh my God, I'm not in pain. And then swings a club and there's some power still there. And then he found himself at medalist shooting in the 60s and it wasn't that hard and then plays a couple of tournaments and starts to build and he was just pleasantly surprised at every turn and he was said that's how it went. I mean he do, doesn't sound as optimistic this time around Peter I would say. So I was largely downbeat when I heard the press conference that okay he's effectively announcing his retirement here without fully doing it. He's let, letting everybody know like majors tournaments uh, being part of the tour really that's that ship has sailed. Although from the wedge to watching him hit those three woods or that rescue, I thought, jeez, I mean, that was a fairly free swing, I have to say. I mean, is it impossible a man with that kind of a swing could be shooting in the 60s in a couple of months' time? I didn't think so.
0: Look, we, we have to look at the type of person Tiger Woods is. Um, he is a competitor, and he's come back from so many adversities. Now he's facing probably his biggest one with with the state of his leg, but that looks like it's improved. So uh, in my opinion, I think he'll come back. He'll do what Nathan said, play one or two tournaments. And then all of a sudden he'll get bitten by the bug again of competing. And what, what being in contention gives him um, because he has enough money to last them forever. And um, he can do whatever he wants. So really the only thing that's going to give him satisfaction is a watching his kids grow up or b getting that adrenaline feeling of being in contention at a golf tournament. Now I can see him playing with his son and, and competing against his son and in, in pitching contests, putting contests and eventually, you know, on the golf course. And that'll get him back to where he needs to be in, in, in a competitive nature. And then he'll come back and he'll play one or two tournaments and he'll get, again, more competitive practice and he'll get that juices back again. So I I don't think it's a a, a full retirement from golf. I think it's a, as you would say, maybe semi-retirement to mm-hmm. a point of playing a very limited schedule, um, a, 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 a little bit like his, his, his good friend um, um, Steve Stricker. Um, where Steve Stricker only played, you know, six, seven tournaments, maybe eight tournaments a year. Um, And then all of a sudden was successful in those tournaments and started playing a little bit more. And now he plays quite a lot on the Champions Tour. So I I really do think we definitely haven't seen the end of Tiger Woods. And I I, I don't see it as any permanent retirement from golf in any shape or form.
1: It is incredible, Joe, isn't it, how we've gone from nothing... With Tiger 10 days ago, to one video of a chip shot, to a interview with Henny, to a press conference, to shots of him on the range. Like this has developed pretty fast and you know shows clearly the importance of Tiger that is still there. Like, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Like I, what is he about to turn 46 at the end of the year? So even with the way that science is going and you know things that they may be able to do with his leg in a couple of years that they may not be able to do now like he can play all these tournaments till he's 60 and you know he was asked a a good question about are you in pain right now and he said yeah my back my legs but i wonder if he was asked that this time last year are you in pain right now he might have said yeah my back Mm. so you know he's he has had to get used to playing with a certain degree of pain for the last decade at least uh going back even further, I suppose the only question is the power side of it. Like, that will be the deciding factor as to how much, how relevant he is as the player over the next decade. So, yeah, we're watching him. We didn't see where those shots ended up. We didn't see the sort of distance. Like, if he's lost, like, already he was losing ground on a lot of the players around him. If he suddenly lost 10%, yeah, like, that probably kills off any chance of him ever winning again.
2: And he did really emphasize the power thing at a few different points in the press conference. So that's an issue for uh, sure. We've loads more to talk about. He was asked about the accident. Roy McElroy has been talking. There's the Saudi situation. There's Lee Westwood passing up on the Ryder Cup captaincy. If you want to come and join us as a subscriber, then go to patreon.com, search golf weekly, and you will get us for 3 99 uh, a month plus VAT. So come and join us on Patreon.
0: Oh, and tell. Oh. Larry.